Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to His Word being preached. It's a really a privilege to be here. Uh, we, we started, uh, it was, I came up with my wife. We were married for three weeks. <coughs> and uh, we moved up from Stellenbosch. And uh, we were started services just down the road at uh, in Woodmead, and we were about fifteen. Yeah, so that was really cool. Uh, we came up with a, a trailer and um, all our belongings. So we had a, a bean bag and a single mattress. That was our furniture. <laughs> yeah, and just. God is good. I mean, such a blessing to be here this evening and and to see uh, just left and right, just left and right. Go left all the way. Yeah, well done. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's really a cool. It's really a blessing and encouraging to see what God is doing, and uh, I'm really excited for you guys. Yeah, I mean, I, this this is a a proper church plant. <laughs> you know, this, not, this is not a cell group. <laughs> we had, we also, all, it felt when I arrived here, I thought, geez, they told me there's a church here, but uh, <laughs> um, so really exciting. I'm the husband of one wife, Erna. Uh, she's amazing. I, wanted, I thought I should have shown you a picture of my family. Um, she still looks the same from when we were married. I, I don't look the same anymore. Somebody thought we were young, early married. Somebody thought she was my daughter. <laughs> yeah, hey, a little bit, and I didn't even have a grey beard then. Any case, <laughs> she looked really young. Any case, but uh, I have three children: Abigail, David, and Emily. Uh, almost six, almost four, and almost two. Yes, uh, David is a real character. He's uh, th- this morning. He said to us. On going out the house, he said, I want to wear my hat, my sunglasses, my gloves, and my boots. <laughs> like, where do you come from? Whose child are you? You know, we're not in England anymore. It's, it's, well, as soon as the sun comes up, it's not really winter anymore, you know, it's summer in Pretoria. But uh, in any case, so we had to find the hats and the boots and the glasses and everything, sunglasses. In any case, let's pray. God, we just thank you. Such a privilege, Lord, to just draw near to you this evening. Oh God, we thank you that we can be a part of what you're doing in this great city. We thank you that it's your desire for all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. And Lord, what a what an awesome privilege, God, to to say, Yes, God, we trust and we take a hold of every promise, Lord, and every prophecy and every word that has been spoken over this city and over this area specifically, Lord. And we trust for your kingdom to come in this place, in our lives, and through our lives right now, this evening, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want us to start in Joshua chapter 6. I might actually be quite, I might actually be apt for you guys. Almost going into the promised land, hey? 
So what happens here is you have to go one more, right? Then it'll be better. Okay. Um, we take it up here where these guys have been doing laps in the desert for 40 years. Th they had it wrong the first time they came to the Jordan. Things went badly pear-shaped, and they ended up not entering the promised land. And now we they've just crossed the Jordan again, so they actually made a huge step forward from 40 years ago. But an incredible miracle happened. God brought them to the Jordan in a miraculous way. And now they're standing in front, facing the first battle of taking possession of the promised land. They're standing in before Jericho, not a massive city, but very well fortified, very well defended, high walls, um, great defenses. So massive challenge that stands before them. So they've received the promise of God. They've actually now walking in it, they're on the, in the promised land. They've crossed the Jordan. But now it starts, it's where the rubber hits the road. Now they have to possess the land. Between the promise of God and us taking hold of that promise, there's often a, a few challenges, a few battles, a few obstacles, um, and I want us to throw that out there. You know, we get these books with all the promises in the Bible in them. Have you seen them? Incredible and blessed. No problem with those. But the people leave out the premises to the promises. <laughs> and they also forget about the taking possession of the promise. So I just want us to have a look at a few things around that. And how do we, what are the things that, that keep us from really taking hold of those promises? Okay, let's have a look at Joshua chapter 6. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I've given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. And let's pause there. Now the Lord's obviously getting his tenses wrong here because he's speaking in the past tense. Do you see that? Joshua, I'm, I'm very happy to see that he was wise enough not to correct God on his tenses. <laughs> but we see that God speaks in the past tense because he's, that's the promise. He's already given it. Okay? And this is often where the crisis of faith comes in. We hear the promise, and God speaks in the past tense. <laughs> I've, you're, you've been healed through the cross. You know, or this is, this is the way it is, but it, we can't see it yet. The, the, my walls are still there. It's still the, mess, the city in front of us. Still a massive battle to face. But let's see how he goes on. He says, <clears throat> but this is where the crisis comes in, that we actually say, okay, yes, yes God, I want to take you at your word. So he says, you shall march around the city, all you men of war. Okay, the families stay behind. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear the seven trumpet of ram, trumpets of ram's horns before the ark, but the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priest, priest shall, shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat. So he gives them quite detailed instructions. <coughs> if there were any real soldiers among them, they would have serious problems with this plan. But um, this is the instructions that they receive from the Lord. And I want us to look a little bit, I want to try and be brief. Um, 
But look at what are the things that, if we, if we put ourselves in these guys' shoes, what are the things that they had to overcome to? And what are the things that we have to face when we are wanting to possess God's promise? All right. Firstly, um, what happens is we lose sight. Maybe if you can go one left quickly, one or two left. You're two left. Sorry. <laughs> one more? All right. So let's, let's take this mountain picture for a moment. Have you ever been in a situation where you're climbing a mountain or you're taking a hike and there's a, a few little humps, like little summits before you get to the main one? And what, what the problem with these are is you, you lose sight of the rest of the mountain. And you see this, this hill in front of you and you work really hard and you, you're seeing, you know, this, this looks like, this is like it, you know. And then you get across that first bump and you realize, well, you know, <laughs> this is not it. Um, and then it happens again <laughs> on the next one. Um, you think, we must be really close now. The, what the challenge, one of the first challenges we face is we, when we lose sight, we, of when we lose godly perspective, and we lose sight of the summit, we lose sight of, of Jesus, we lose sight of our eternal destiny, we lose sight of what really matters, we lose sight of the, the reason why we are here, why we are here in Santon, the reason why we are, you are in your workplace, or in your place where you live. We lose sight of, of that. And, and more importantly, we lose sight of the person that we are pursuing. And that's normally when, when things can go pear-shaped. Let's look at quickly at Hebrews chapter 12. I'm making it really difficult. There we go. Great. Alright, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat, da sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, looking unto Jesus, keeping our eyes on the author and the finisher of our faith, keeping, keeping our perspective and our focus on the, the godly, eternal destiny that each of us have. You know, we... we Worked through this marriage, um, you and me forever thing with the married couples, uh, with Francis Chan. And he says there, he says people accuse him of spending uh, way too much time preparing for the first 10 million years of eternity. But he feels people go way overboard preparing for the last 10 years on earth. And he, he reckons, why do we spend all our lives? Preparing for the last 20 odd years of our lives. We were supposed to be preparing for our eternal destiny. That's another sermon for another day. Alright, so <coughs> he says, so we lose godly perspective and we, what happens? Enemy throws challenges at us and problems and obstacles because he wants us to get distracted. Now my, my little one, Emily, guys, you have to meet her. She's the cutest thing on two legs. The cutest thing on two legs now. Uh, she's She's uh, got a bit of a will. She does the proper tantrum. She, it looks like she's praying. She lo looks like she's a Muslim. I don't offend her. But she goes like this. And it puts her forehead, <laughs> puts her forehead on the ground. <laughs> That's the tantrum. And after that, if it gets worse, it goes around. You know, and then <laughs> but anyways, I mustn't tell her the, you the bad stuff now. But the, 
She's amazing. No, you have to keep a straight face, you know, when she does that. But no, she's the most beautiful child. She looks like a mom. Uh, praise the Lord. But um, she, she has the cutest run, okay? And I, I can't really do it. But to the one hand, is like this, a little bit up like this. And the other one, there's this action. You know, I don't know what she's doing with that hand, but it's... And then she's kind of still with the bit of a vachelki, you know, when she runs. But in any case... She's got this beautiful thing. She listens. Amazing. She listens to me when I call her. And, she, and I call her to come to me, say, across the room like this. She would beam at me, beautiful, big smile. And she would start running at me, like, full tilt, you know. Amazing. Like, yeah, daddy. And then her eye would catch something. A toy or something to eat. Like, literally, she like, yeah. And she goes like this. And she just turns. <laughs> And she just runs in that direction. I'm like, you're going to leave me hanging here? I'm like, yeah, okay. But aren't we like that? Often we hear the voice of the Father. We run to Him. We pursue His purpose. And then just something catches the eye. And we pull an Emily and we just run. <laughs> a new career or a person, <laughs> relationship, or whatever it may be, and uh, we just get this heavy, quickly, easily distracted. Um, so important for us to, to keep our eyes on the summer, keep our eyes on Jesus, amen? So, and watch out for those, those challenges that come across our way, that they don't take our eyes off Him. Okay. So, uh, then the second thing, I have to just brief, make things briefly here. Okay, the second thing, oh yes, the, the key thing, sorry, the key thing that corrects our perspective is praise. Is when challenges come and when stuff distracts us and when, when we get heavy and we, we lose sight of the summit and we're like, oh, I don't know, it's like a hard climb, I don't know how long it's going to take and I'm getting distracted. When we praise Him, we put him into order again, Jesus at the top, amen? Jesus at the center. When stuff is going heavy at work or at home or, or you're praying for your workplace and stuff is going, it's going tough there, praise puts it in order again. Even if it, the circumstances don't change, praise helps us to get that godly perspective, amen? All right, let's go on. Now, secondly, when it feels like we're going nowhere slowly. Have you heard that phrase? Going nowhere slowly? When you, your progress is not noticeable. All right? Now, imagine these guys, right? If you're a soldier, I was in the Defense Force briefly a uh, couple of years, and this is not a great strategy, guys. I wasn't, I wasn't the Air Force, so we didn't do lots of strategy. I did a bit when I did officers' course and stuff. But this is not a good strategy for any battle. So can you imagine the guys coming back from the first day to their families and the wives like, yes, how did it go? Because obviously they didn't get the whole plan, right? They just got this instruction, this is what you're doing today. Coming back, yo, how did it go? You know, you, and we made sure all your stuff, your gear is ready. Yeah, you look quite clean. What happened? <laughs> yeah, no, we, today we just checked out the place. We were just checking it out. We just walked around. Tomorrow we're going again. <laughs> you know? And tomorrow they come back. 
So, so decided to go. Yeah, I, no. We just walk, walked around, but just, just took a walk. <laughs> we weren't allowed to say anything. We just had to. <laughs> and, um, guys, this is maybe cool for three days, but six, six days. And I was thinking if, and I heard so many minutes about this a while ago, and or this week actually. And they, uh, they were saying, if you, if you wanted to encourage the guys, that what God should have done, it's just had some bricks fall down all the first round. <laughs> or some cracks. You know, as they walk around, just some cracks in the wall. Don't you think? Wouldn't that be a wise thing? Nothing. There's nothing. No movement. Guys, when God gives us the instruction or direction, and when God points us in a direction, often it makes no sense. Now, the big question I want to ask us this evening is, Will you and I continue to be obedient to Him even when it doesn't work? Even when there's no movement. We've been walking around this thing for five days, the city. I don't know whose plan this was, if you think, but that's not working. Or if you've tried this tithing thing for two months now, you think, no, this, this is nonsense. It makes no sense. It's not working. Or this, maybe you're in a tough spot in your relationship or your marriage, and you think, or marriage particularly, and there's so many other things that the world is saying, there's, there's so many other options. Are you and I willing to stick it out and be obedient to what God has said, even when it doesn't work? Even when we can't see any movement, no bricks falling, no cracks, nothing. Maybe stuff on your head from the top. No movement. And I specifically felt also, if you've been praying for somebody, or praying for your workplace, there's no change. God, you felt it so strong on your heart. Don't stop. Amen. If there's no change after a couple of months, don't stop. These guys, maybe you're on round six. Eh? Don't stop now. Maybe you're on round six and a half. <laughs> I just feel there's a few people here that have almost given up on those one or two promises and, and maybe specifically somebody's salvation. Stick it out. I mean, are you and I willing to be obedient even when there's no visible change and no movement, no progress? When you you know, imagine if we Imagine if every time we prayed for something, we say amen and we, the answer arrives. Bang! Isn't that, wouldn't that be amazing? I would pray a lot more, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, would, you know, the example of Daniel is so amazing. He starts praying and fasting for something God has told him to pray for. He's obedient. For three, and a half, three weeks or something, only before the angel arrives. But the angel says to him, the moment you started praying, I was sent. So it's not like God is ignoring you. Amen. But there's stuff that's going to be happening. There's stuff to press through. There's, especially if we're contending for salvation, if we're contending for the kingdom coming in Santon. Let's persevere. Let's push through. Guys, there's some big guys here in the spirit that are opposing the kingdom. 
But God, God, our God is bigger. Amen. Let's push through. Let's continue to be obedient to what God has said. But the problem, problem is if you get to day five, there's a whole lot of stuff going on in your head. This is crazy. This isn't working. This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and we start talking ourselves out of it, out of being obedient to God. We're allowing the soul to be in charge. We're allowing the emotions to get the better of us. Be like David in the Bible. Be still, my soul. <laughs> she shut up now. <laughs> These guys had to be quiet for six days. And then they had to make a lot of noise. So we, sometimes we need to say, okay, whoa, just be quiet. Sometimes the best thing is to keep your mouth shut, right? The married people will know that. <laughs> Same with God. Sometimes it's better just to say your soul. Don't, don't think about that stuff now. Focus on Him. I don't know if, you, <laughs> if you've been on a long journey with a toddler. Yeah, we, we try to avoid those. But um, I remember us saying, you know, you know how, are we there yet? Just you can't handle it. My my son is obviously but he's active. So when we get in the car, <coughs> when we when we get on the on the on ramp to the highway, he knows there's problems here. If we hit if we go on this big road, you know, he's figured this one out. So the immediate it doesn't matter if we go one on ramp on and we go off again, he, he doesn't know. But he assumes. So the moment we go onto the highway, it's like oh yeah, like oh why is this taking so long, you know? He's hilarious. He, he does this thing where he'll be all chirpy and happy and I'll, I'll ask him to do something like tidy up or something and he goes like this, literally, I'm not exaggerating, he literally goes like this. <laughs> and he throws his lip like this. Now I have to keep a straight face. And he goes, yeah. so then he sees the highway, so he says, no, this is taking too long. Why do we have to go so far? Um, any case, this is the problem we, we often cha we challenge with is when we, the process that God is busy with is is open ended. We don't know how many laps. We don't know. It's so challenging. We we don't know how how long we're going to have to pray for this guy to be saved. In that context, I know my grandmother prayed for me every single day. And I know it's hugely because of her that I'm standing here today. Because my parents, my dad's saved now, my mom's not saved. But guys, we cannot, we have to look back who are the people that prayed for us and didn't stop. Amen? But this, 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 this is open-ended, this process. We don't know. It's very rare that God gives us a date that says, this is the day that you will meet your wife or whatever, you know, or that the person will get saved or that your boss will fall on his knees and repent to you. <laughs> it's rare, okay? <laughs> it's open-ended and it really challenges us. It really challenges us. Um, and the challenge here is that God is more interested in the process that we're working through. Now let's quickly think about the process, okay? Whose responsibility was it to walk? The soldiers, right? Whose responsibility was it to get the walls down? God's responsibility. 
Let's not get those mixed up. I mean, our obedience is our responsibility. Our obedience to His pushing people on our hearts, us reaching out to guys, obedience in what God is telling us. That's our role. God's role is to save, to heal, to deliver to the uttermost. Amen. You know, Smith Wigglesworth, somebody asked him, why, how is it possible that you've seen so many people raised from the dead? He said, listen, if you've prayed for as many corpses as I've prayed for, he just carry on. Just kept on praying for dead people until they started from being raised from the dead. If you've prayed for one person to be healed, and you say, no, this healing thing doesn't work. No. Are you and I willing to press in and continue to be obedient, even when it's open, even even when we can't see the summit, even when we there are no cracks, no bricks falling, no sign of movement, open-ended. Calls God calls Abraham, say, "Listen, I want you to pack up your stuff and move." And Abraham is waiting for him to finish his sentence. To to where? <laughs> it's just no, no. I'll show you. <laughs> Let's just get going. That challenges us. I want us to just quickly look at a quote from Francis Chan. Actually, let's just read Hebrews 10. Um, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need for endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. I actually forgot to read Romans 5. Anyway, did you read it? Yeah, it goes on there. Okay, go. Um, we are in need of endurance. Enduring, because after our obedience, we receive the promise. Amen. Don't we like it the other way around? <laughs> after we have done the will of God, we may receive the promise. Now, Francis Chan wrote this book called The Forgot Forgotten God, and it talks about our relationship with the Holy Spirit. And as we're pursuing God's kingdom, I just felt this makes sense. And this, uh, so let's just read quickly. So if you say. You want the Holy Spirit. We do that, right? We, tr we pray for the gifts. We want to flow in the gifts. We want to see the power of God. We want to see miracles happen. If we, if we say you want the Holy Spirit, you must first honestly ask yourself if you want to do His will. Because if you do not genuinely want to know and do His will, why should you ask for His presence at all? If you decide to, you want to know, to do, if you do decide you want to know His will, there will be moments when you have to let go of the fear of what that might mean. When you have to release your grip of control on your life and decide to be led, come what may. We ask for His presence, but his, how, why do we ask if we're not interested in what is on His heart? And what is His will? The Holy Spirit is only about the glory of the Father. He's only about the will of the Father. He's not about nothing else. Amen. So as we pursue Him, know that, that we cannot do it. No, Holy Spirit, Lord, I want you just to be here because of the blessing and the peace and the, yeah, for my own, you know, comfort. Holy Spirit doesn't understand. Amen. He's for the glory of the Father. He's for the kingdom to come. Thanks so much for that testimony, Mariette. Um, I had a challenge one time. I was, I was ministering 
uh, was teaching Holy Spirit in Bible school in Stellenbosch. And I was always like, oh, Lord, I have to trust Lord now for, to, to demonstrate, right? No reason, well, no, can't just preach about these gifts and stuff and tell people and then not demonstrate, you know. So I was always kind of praying before the last session because now we're going to pray, you know. And then I'm like, okay, and Lord, this, thank you, Lord. And then we say, okay, I explain to the guys, this is what we're going to do. We're going to pray for words and then we trust God. And So the first one I got was for a, a injured right knee. Nothing. It's like tough, eh? I'm like, oh. That's not a good start. <laughs> you know? And I, I just said, I'll pray some more, you know, and like, oh, uh, nothing. No, no injured knees. In any case, and then the Lord, I just went on to the next one, and the Lord was really faithful. And a lot of people got healed, and praise God. And different things, and different, you know, Holy Spirit ministered to people different ways. But then a couple of weeks later, I was ministering a different thing, uh, teaching a different thing. And then this guy comes up to me after the session. He says, oh, he doesn't really know how these things work. But he missed that lecture that I was preaching or teaching the other time. But he got the tape, and he, and he has this knee injury in his right knee. <laughs> and he didn't know whether there was like an expiry, is it like an expiry thing? Or how does, you know, this, does this work? <laughs> so he prayed, and he said, Lord, if Yaku is at Bible school tonight, then I'm going to take it at... The word is still is still valid, you know. What I, mean? <laughs> I just had to chuckle because it it could have really knocked my faith if you know, I got a word and it doesn't make sense. There's no response, nobody there. But God's not confused, amen. And the guy still got ministered to, hallelujah. Okay, now the battery is going dead here, so that's a good sign. We need to finish. Okay. So, oh, you and I are prepared to continue and press on and do more laps, even when we can't see any change, even when we have to be quiet, even when our head is telling us everything else, even when there are distractions around, even when it doesn't make any sense, even when it seems like a completely open-ended process. Let's read Psalm 126. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. And he who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Guys, when we, when we are pushing in, we're pursuing the kingdom, and we're praying for our workplace, and we're praying for souls, and we're trusting God for breakthrough of various kinds, or personal breakthroughs or there's, there's trials, there's tribulations. That's the Romans 5 one, you know. It's stuff that we have to wrestle through. It produces perseverance in us and character and hope. And there's tears along the way. It's going to happen. But the joy of being a partner with Christ in the harvest, the joy of of our eternal destiny. Guys, there's nothing else we can take with us into eternity besides souls. I want to encourage us this evening. There's people here that have been, was, when you, in, I don't know, 
felt there's somebody here that when you started your job, you were psyched up, you went early, you prayed, did all this stuff. But you, that's just kind of not happening anymore. Or maybe it's the same with place that you're living, or maybe it's, a, like I said, maybe it's in your marriage or in a family situation. Where at the beginning you were full of faith, are you trusting God, or were you, and now it's becoming more challenging. I want to encourage you to go dig up that word and that promise and say, Lord, even if I can't see a thing, I want to keep being obedient to your word, and to your promise, and to your direction. Amen. Can we stand? As often the big challenges we, or the, when we're doing laps <laughs> around the city and we, we, don't, we don't see the end and we can't see the progress, there's something precious happening in our hearts. Because God is busy preparing us preparing our hearts so that we are able and ready to receive the promise when we get there. If the, if the walls had fallen on the first day, I suspect there might have been an a element of maybe it was our, our loud shouts or maybe it was our marching feet or maybe it was our faith. But after six days, these guys knew there was nothing of ourselves. But God won the victory. But God did the precious thing in their hearts. And I want to encourage you, if you're pushing through something and you're trusting for something, or you're trusting for a life partner, or you're trusting for a revival at your workplace, or where God is doing something precious in your heart. He's busy with the process. Don't despise season and embrace what he's doing amen let's pray <coughs> father we thank you for your love for every soul in the city lord for every soul in this place thank you that your love you demonstrated on the cross and you sent jesus Thank you, Jesus, that you endured the cross. You pushed through, not halfway, but all the way. So that you've, made, you've opened up a new and living way for us to come back. For us to have a relationship with the Father. God, we thank you right now, Holy Spirit, that you know every heart in this place. You know every struggle. You know every disappointment, Lord. You know every victory and every defeat. and You know those that are on the brink of, of giving up. You know those that have already given up. But I thank you, Holy Spirit, right now that you breathe hope, new hope into every heart. And we would also that we would speak to our souls and say, be still, my soul. And hope in God. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for hope in every heart. Hope that is an anchor for the soul. Hope that does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that 
as you pursue your kingdom, as we pursue your will. Right now, I thank you that you quicken us, Lord, spiritually, physically, emotionally, on every level. Thank you that you strengthen us with might by your spirit in the inner man, that we would not let up, that we would not stop on lap six, Lord, that we would not get tired and distracted or talk ourselves out of it, that we would not allow the enemy to put stuff on our heads and and get distracted or think, this is this really God? Lord, that we would pursue you, Lord, and your presence and your kingdom and your purpose, Lord. In Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that the cross is sufficient, Lord, for this city. The blood of Jesus is sufficient for this city, for Santa, Lord, among all the shrines of, on, to mammon, Lord, among all the, the worship of money and so much else, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that your blood is sufficient. And thank you for your love for every soul. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Johannesburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.jarberg.